Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And did you know that of the 21 million Floridians, about half the state lives in a community association, in a gated community, an HOA or a condo? You know, the Geico commercial about Cynthia, the HOA president. The HOA has been very involved. These shrubs aren't board approved. You need to break down your cardboard. Thank you. Violation. Violation. I see you've met Cynthia. Two inches over regulation. Thanks, Cynthia. (laughs) And now the guy that knows every Cynthia pretty much in South Florida. He is an attorney. He specializes in community association law. He is board certified. In fact, there's only a handful of attorneys in Florida who are board certified in community association law. And I have had the pleasure for the last decade to co-host a show with him called Condo Craze and HOAs. Welcome preeminent attorney Eric Glazer from Glazer and Sachs, PA. How have you been? Good morning. How are you, Karen? Super de duper. So I am so happy you're joining me because I've got a crazy story out of Boynton Beach about a woman who's accused of shooting her husband five times over HOA complaints. <laughs> and what else is new? I know. Um, and then you're going to get into a couple of wacky things that, sure. have, that you've uh, overlooked. but. State prosecutors, actually, they're not filing charges against her because she was going to use stand your ground. Her name is Lisa Baraka. And this happened, as Uh I said, in 2018 in Aspen Glen. Are you familiar with Aspen Glen HOA? I've heard of the community, yes. Okay. Well, apparently she and her husband were talking about HOA issues. She used to be on the board, but here's her husband. My wife, I I smacked her and she shot me. I've been shot about seven times. Hang up. I can't hang up, Lisa. All right. Can I talk here? The wife wants him to hang up. I've gotten hit and my arms all over the place. Okay, I need you to stay on the phone. Where is your wife with the gun? Uh, you can't make this up. She... No, you can't. She she ran out of the house to the garage where the gun was being kept. It was a Ruger, and she shot herself in the leg, too. But apparently, they didn't file charges quickly enough within 30 days, or they didn't get the paperwork done. So they ended up not charging her. So she's back in the right. community, and the neighbors are saying this. If this happens again, you know, one of us could get hit with a straight bullet. It's scary. You don't know what somebody's thoughts are. Everybody's kind of a little bit on edge because when somebody reacts that way, you know, she's had grudges with people here. The state had to drop the attempted murder charges, but can refile. I hope so, because, I mean, she was a terror in this neighborhood. When something like this happens right in front of your home, you always think people can be either psycho or crazy, but you never think that they can take it to this level. Yeah. What do you think about that? These homes are like half million dollar homes. Well, the best quote that came out of the last several was people calling her a terror in the neighborhood. To me, that was the key line. If this was something just between husband and wife, you know, maybe the association wouldn't be able to kick her out. But if they can prove, you know, not only that she shot her husband, but that she has been a terror in the neighborhood, there's a lot of things community associations can do. They don't have to sit back and watch it. And in certain cases, they have an obligation to go after the person. You know, I've been involved in so many of these types of cases. And guess what? It's possible to get people out of their home permanently. Wow. I just still can't believe she hasn't been charged with attempted murder. It just blows my mind. And one neighbor said that she was outwardly friendly and always waved when she walked her dog around the community. But then this woman who asked not to be identified <laughs> began keeping her distance because she re- everyone in the community received a 
six-page single-spaced letter from her, Baraka, detailing complaints about how the community was being maintained and operated. Six pages, single-spaced. Wow. That's, you know, I don't have to tell you, sometimes community living brings out the worst in people. But in this particular case, maybe just they're not bringing charges forward because the husband is an uncooperating witness. Yes. <clears throat> maybe he really doesn't want to put his wife away in prison for the rest of her life. Wow. Even and- though she got shot seven times. I see you've met Cynthia. She sounds like a real Cynthia, and she's not even on the I board. I love that commercial. God, I love that commercial. That commercial sums up HOA living at its best. Well, we could call her Karen. <laughs> so It's funny. In the real world, I can tell you, believe it or not, some presidents of communities take offense to that Geico commercial, and everybody's like, will you lighten up? Oh, take no. it easy. It's hilarious. Yeah. By the way, this of woman, course. she resigned after three months as treasurer, and then she just kept going you know, about problems in the community. So is it the HOA condo type of mentality that creates these condo crazed people? Well, I can tell you this. When communities are not transparent with people, right, then I can tell you that it creates a lot of suspicion and fighting between the board members and the community members are more likely to happen. But I'm not going to blame the fact that violence happens because it's strictly an HOA or condo. But the question is, what do you do when violence does erupt? What do you do when someone does become crazy? What do you do when someone threatens everybody in your community? That's really the question here. Yeah, here's the HOA president from Aspen, Glenn. Lisa has always been a huge stickler in the neighborhood as far as uh, she wants the neighborhood to be like a utopia. Even though Lisa is no longer on the HOA board, she still goes after neighbors, according to the HOA president. Like over the past few days, she's been escalating her, like you could see that she was very unstable. (laughs) That's part of it, right? I mean, well, no question. If, if she's unstable and they know she's unstable, they have an obligation to do something about it because suppose she goes and attacks somebody else. Then now the HOA is going to have a major problem on their right. hand that they didn't take any action. That's right. And I can tell you that's potentially a situation where board members may even be individually liable. That's really interesting because her <clears> husband, <throat> he says that the gun is registered to him, but it's her gun. So I wonder if they took the gun away. Yeah, it would surprise me. If obviously, the police removed all the weapons from the home. That's typical. Really? Okay. Well, then. Yeah. That maybe that could make everyone feel a little bit more safe. Yeah, but the problem is the HOA is sitting on a keg of dynamite. And, you know, you have quotes from um, the president of the board saying, you know, she's always been a heckler. She's always been a problem. Well, really? Then what did you do about it, buddy? Now, if someone else gets hurt, that ain't, those statements are going to come back to haunt them. Yeah, exactly. So we're speaking with Eric Glazer. He is a specialist in community association law. And I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about, first of all, there was a grand jury that was convened in Miami that came up with some interesting decisions about board members in the state being on the take. Oh, absolutely. Yes. This is the Miami-Dade grand jury report on condominiums. Basically, the report came back. It was scathing that basically said the only reason why people get on boards is to steal money and divert business from the condominium to business that the directors own or their friends own or that other family members own. And in light of that scathing report, the legislature came up with a whole host of new laws to prevent against condo crime. So now you can actually go to the police department and file a complaint criminally against a board member. Oh, absolutely. Sure. You purposely conceal documents in an effort to cover up a crime. 
you're going to get arrested for that. Obviously, if you steal money, you're getting arrested for that. If you even tamper with a condo election now, right? Believe oh, it or not, really? that now is a crime. Yep, you start forging ballots and stuff, you can get arrested for that too. So this woman, uh, Lisa Baraka from Boynton Beach, since she was initially charged with attempted murder, she probably couldn't serve on a board. Could she? If she's convicted, no. Oh. Oh. No, the only way you can serve on a board is if the conviction has to be several years old. Okay. And you had to have your voting rights restored. Okay. So only then would you be able to serve. So that's not going to happen for a while for her. Okay. Now, if she H- gets convicted. HUD now says boards have to allow certain felons into their community associations, right? You don't have that right. box anymore that you check felon and then you're okay, immediately correct. out? It used to be. Exactly, exactly. The Obama administration changed that. It used to be basically associations can say when you when someone wants to move in, do you have a prior felony conviction? The answer is yes. Okay, we can reject you just for that. HUD came out and said, nope, nope, slow down, slow down. You got to basically distinguish between crimes that are old, crimes that are new, crimes that are crimes of violence, crimes that may be white collar crimes. You got to go into the background of the criminal, how old they were at the time. Did they rehabilitate? So it's no longer just check the box. Now you got to do a real analysis. But And how long they've been out of prison. And sex offenders, exactly. probably not so much, right? The, no, believe it or not, the, the only exception where you don't have to go through that is for the manufacture and distribution of drugs. If you're convicted of that really? period, the association can say, no, you're not coming in. That's the only exception to going through this whole analysis. So child pornography, if you're on the sex offender list, you're still... Then, yes, you're still allowed to move into the community if you can show that that happened 15 years ago. I was a different person than I am now. Yep, the association would have to let you in. But you're still on the list. And what if the association's within 500 feet of a school? (laughs) Well, then the, the, the person might be violating the conditions of their release. So they probably can't do it anyway. Right. But it's it's a little more difficult now for an association to reject people with criminal records than it was before. Well, it's kind of good and bad in both ways, but they're they're of living course. behind a wall to prevent people ne'er to wells from getting in. So, uh, yes, also, um, the ring doorbell that you have installed in any kind of security camera, there are, there's something called uh, a material alteration, and so just right. putting up a ring doorbell, you have to jump through major hoops to to. It's, put- it's amazing. Yep. If you live in a condo, like you said, there's this material alteration statute and you can't make changes without getting approval of 75% of the community. And here you have people just trying to put ring doorbells in so they know they can look through the other on their phone and see who's at their door and decide whether to even go to the door in the first place. And there's currently a ruling by an arbitrator in Tallahassee that says, wait a minute, changing a doorbell and putting in that type of system is a material alteration. 75% of the community is required to vote in favor of that. I think that's a decision that goes way too far. Wow, that's probably something that really made Lisa Baraka nuts. I mean, you have have board members, they're not paid. They're volunteering, basically. You actually teach them how to be a board member. You have set up classes, you invented it. But let's get to the juicy stuff. What about wacky, unstable neighbors? How do you get them out of the neighborhood? Okay, so let me tell you about one case that I had a couple of years ago representing a condominium in South Beach. And there's this uh, young guy there who, quite frankly, thought he was in the mafia. And he would go around tasing people. He would pull a fire extinguisher off the wall and hit somebody with it. 
He would let his pit bull run around the community, scaring the hell out of everybody, even though there were rules against that. Punched out a woman in a staircase. Oh, my God. And finally, the board came to me and said, we got to get this guy out of here. So, you know, I file an emergency, a complaint asking for emergency relief, and it really wound up in front of the right judge. My witness was the wife of a former U.S. or a current U.S. attorney. The other guy's witnesses were two hookers. Oh. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was a wild cross-examination. But um, <laughs> what? bottom line, bottom line, the court entered a permanent injunction requiring that this person never step foot on the condo again. And the argument was, wait a minute, it's his homestead. You can't prevent him from coming home. And a three-judge panel in Miami said, you want to bet we can? I'll never forget one of the judges saying, I woke up this morning and I looked at my responsibilities as a judge, and the first one is to preserve the peace. Right. I am not letting him go home. He wants to sell his unit, he can do that. So it was even upheld on appeal. Now, punchline of that case, one month after uh, I win that decision, that troublemaker was found dead with a bullet hole in a trunk in New York. Say hello to my little friend! Lord. Yeah. You know, violence happens. We had another case, of, I'd say it's about four years ago now. A guy one day, you know, obviously having a mental problem, but he had weapons in his unit. And he takes out an AK-47, he takes out an AR-14, and he takes out a 9mm, and he starts spraying the walls inside his unit. What? There are people, yep, yeah, there are people next door ducking into their bathroom for their lives. You had to see these pictures, really, not to be believed. Oh, my God. The SWAT team comes down. I mean, he's fired like 70 shots or something, right? He gets obviously arrested. If I told you that the judge let him out and he was home within 24 hours, That's can you believe that? No. Criminal court judge let him out? Yeah. Where, where was this? So I, this was in Broward County, I want to say um, Pompano, maybe. Okay. So what happens? He gets sent home. The condo calls me up and said, you're not going to believe it. This guy is back 24 hours later. What can you do? And we filed an emergency civil case and the judge had him removed immediately. So, you know, when you have, you know, people with problems that can be a danger, you have an obligation as a board member to step up and do something about it. Now, I'm not saying you can get somebody out who's just a loudmouth. But when someone is violent, absolutely you can. That's amazing. And I'm glad there's some relief that you can get rid of people like Elisa Baraka or a crazy guy with a gun. But it's such a double standard because in 55 and over communities, you can't have your grandkids, but you can probably have a gun and you can certainly have an emotional support animal. Some of the rules are crazy. Yeah. You know, we're, 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 try, we're trying to work out the kinks, but... Uh, Florida condominium law keeps evolving, and the truth is all the other states look to to Florida for guidance. Really? We're speaking with, of course, the preeminent attorney, Eric Glazer, who specializes in community association law, and I just want to finish up with, remember the ladies who were arrested for playing mahjong (laughs) in their clubhouse? (laughs) Yes. They were great. I, I really, I don't remember their names, but they were wonderful, and I remember them inviting both of us up for dinner. Yes. So you can't you can't gamble in the clubhouse, right? Well, you can. The pots technically, I think, can't exceed ten bucks. <laughs> so there's not there's nothing wrong playing, you know, a cheap game of mahjong or or poker. But you know, if the games can't get out of control, 
But the local sheriff's offices has more in their hand than to police those matters. Absolutely. And they weren't armed. We can tell you that. No, they certainly weren't. Yeah, with Caduceus and Kreplach. That's what they were armed with. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Eric, for joining me on Full Rigor. Thank you, Karen. It was great. Okay. C'est des gens qui sont... Ils savent ce qu'ils font, mais aux yeux de la loi, c'est pas des, des médecins, quoi. C'est-à-dire, je vais aller voir le plus grand chirurgien de Montpellier, je vais lui demander... So, that is a Frenchman. His name is Anthony Lafredo, and I'm very afraid of him because he is truly grotesque. Mon Dieu, j'étais l'étudiant de français à l'université au Hawaii. I was a student of French at the University of Hawaii. I minored in it, and that's about all I remember. But I do know this story about this Frenchman is completely fou, which means crazy in French. So let's talk about his transformation. So this guy, he's 32 now, but he started at the age of 24, modifying his body into a black alien, as he calls himself. So the audio you just heard is Anthony before he had his upper lip cut off and his tongue sliced in two with a scalpel. And now he can barely stop looking at my black eyeballs. Yeah, he has had his entire body tattooed black, including his eyeballs, which can lead to an infection. If you have your the whites of your eyes tattooed with tattoo ink, you can go blind. It can lead to an infection. So in a sort of reptilian twist, he had his tongue split in two, cut right down the middle with a scalpel, just like a serpent. Stop looking at my lip. Oh, wait a minute. My lip is gone. Sorry. Ce n'était pas très bien. Apparently, an extreme surgeon carried out the procedure known as a rhinotomy. A rhinoectomy? No, it's a rhinotomy, which has left Anthony with a gaping hole in his face. I mean, it's just disgusting. So this oddball plastic surgery aficionado said that he now dreams of removing his skin and replacing it with metal, a full metal jacket, as it were, as well as modifying his arms, legs, fingers, and the back of his head. He's a real chick magnet, but he says he has no problem attracting women. Yeah, I want me some of that. And you know what? He was a really good-looking guy before he did all this crap to his body. Or should I say mailed? So Anthony Lafredo has spent years turning himself into an extraterrestrial being with grisly body modifications. So when he was 32, he sliced off the top of his lip and had the end of his nose and his ears removed. I mean, you need your nose to protect your sinuses and your mucous membranes. You need your ears to help you hear and to protect your inner ear. Also, to achieve an extraterrestrial appearance, Anthony has had dermal implants done. So that involves placing reptilian-like implants under the skin to give it a bumpier texture, as if it's not ugly enough. This crazy guy says from a young age, he was very passionate about mutations and transformations of the human body. And when he was a security guard at the age of 24, he said he realized he wasn't living his life the way he wanted, and he stopped everything, and he left for Australia, where I guess anything goes (laughs) down under. We certainly can't wait to see what Anthony does next to his body. It's really appalling, and I don't get it. I don't understand. Je ne comprends pas. 
I've posted a picture of this French black alien on Instagram at Full Rigger Podcast. Check it out. Mon Dieu. Next week on my Full Rigger Podcast, I'll tell you the story about a little Florida girl who goes missing. You won't believe who took her. Look no further than the neighbor kid next door. Well, that wraps up Full Rigger. Thanks for joining me. Until next time. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.